When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. Long Island Vibes. On 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. Now here's your host, Frank McKay. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here, but much more importantly, a wonderful actress, comedian, writer, producer, director, and so much more. Julie Brown is our very special guest. Hey, Julie, how are you? Oh, I'm really good. Thank you for that. That was a really nice introduction. Hey, well, listen, you're wonderful. I've been watching you for a long time, and and you've been around a long time for a young lady. And uh, thank you. Yeah, you're right because I am only like 20, so <laughs> I've accomplished a lot. Yeah, I mean, there was a Happy Days episode and Laverne and Shirley episode, I think. Uh, yes, there were. I mean, those were my those were my first jobs, I think, or some of my Happy Days was the first TV job I ever had. Well, I'll tell you what, it, it has been a great career and it's still going strong. It is not, you know, obviously it's not easy out there, but it's not easy to keep it going for this length of time and you still get That's, wonderful I know, work. sometimes I think about that. I go, I go, how, how has that happened that I have kept working? Because you kind of are just in the moment that you're in and you're trying to make the next thing work. And, um, but it has been like a long time that I've been doing this. You know what? If you get like this one big role, you know, and you just stumble into it, you could say, oh, it's luck. You got struck by lightning. But, but to grind it out, because you, you're not, you know, that silver spoon type uh, actress where you, you, you just got that big lucky role from the beginning. You haven't, and you grinded out a career. I mean, I've, I've watched your career and I've watched your work for years. I, I'm, for reasons of full disclosure, I'm a big fan of what you do. And uh, also, I, your, your career. You've put a beautiful career Thank together. Thank you so much. Yeah, it, it is hard, though, but I think it's that, like, I've had to keep adapting to what's happening. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because um, yeah. it's changed so much. I mean, you, you know, when I was first working, um, you had to go audition for everything, and you had to try to do everything you could to get attention, and I was still frustrated when I was, I was getting jobs like Happy Days, but it's still really hard. So then I decided to do a record, because I thought, you know, I can get played on different radio stations, and it's a different kind of visibility. I was, so I was just trying to come up with things to do, yeah. and um, because of the record, I sold the movie, Earth Girls, and... and that's the weird thing. You don't know what's going to work. You kind of just have to try everything. You know, Earth Girls is uh, still a cult favorite. I I remember I was watching I was watching a show with my daughter a couple years ago, and you and you showed up again. I think it was Big Time Rush, or was it, did you do? A oh big, right, yeah. yeah. And, and I was saying, you see that actress? She is so wonderful. She has been. And I started telling. Uh, I, I started t- telling my daughter about it, about you, and I guess she Googled you, and she's like, wow, she's been a lot of that, uh, for sure. But Earth Girls uh, is, is certainly a, a cult classic, and it's lasted uh, many years. I mean, did you did you get a vibe early on that, uh, that something like that was going to happen, or did you kind of just go with the well, flow? Well, you know, the thing is, it was because it was the 80s and videos were happening, and I love musicals. I mean, I completely love musicals and movie musicals, so... Um, we thought of this movie, my writing partner, Charlie Coffey and I, and we thought of it, and 
and then I had my, my album came out and the weird thing was that they, they actually bought it. So Warner Brothers at the time was willing to try a movie musical because there aren't that many of them. No, you know? definitely not. Yeah, so uh, I I was really excited and I thought, I, I knew it would get made, that's the weird thing because when you're writing things, you, you never really know if something's going to get made, but I just had a complete belief that it was going to get made and it did. Um, so I knew that would happen, but then when it first got released, it didn't do very well, probably because it's so, you know, they don't really know how to market a movie musical. Yeah. But eclectic, too. Eclectic. It, it's They've got to find the right, you know, the right market. It's it's not like you could just hand it over to some old guy that's been there for 50 years and he's going to figure out a market for that movie. They had, there had to be somebody that had a little hipness to him, too. Yeah, exactly. And But the thing is that at first it didn't, and then... It started getting played on cable, and then it it just never since that point it's never stopped being on cable. Yeah, you know? that was certainly the way to go. Let me remind folks that just may be tuning in or just turning on their radios. Frank McKay here. Much more importantly, Julie Brown, wonderful writer, producer, director, actress, comedian, um, just a singer, songwriter, everything. <laughs> You're like a Renaissance woman here. I mean, is there anything that's that we don't know about you that uh, that's like not on that list? Is there anything that you do? I mean, are you uh, an artist? I, you... I, I can paint. You can? Like paint. I can paint. Yeah. Like painting. But, you know, but that's not, that's just for fun. I mean. Do you donate it? Is thing, it like, do you donate it for charity and things like that? Do you paint something? Uh, no, I don't, because I don't do it enough. I just <laughs> can do it. That's interesting. I it, should do that. I, sh- I should do, like, paintings and donate them to charity. That's a good idea. Right. Why not? It, it gets them yeah. out there, and it's a, a creative outlet. I mean, as if you need more of a creative outlet, but, I mean, it's a it's it's a nice thing. If you don't mind, let's do a little bit of your, your history, and I, I'm either either getting older or becoming uh, more pretentious, uh, but I'm starting to think it's important to document kind of like the, the lives of, uh, of some people, you know, definitely some uh, pop culture icons, and you're certainly one of them, uh, you know, the MTV generation saw you and was you know uh, you know obviously that was such a, a a big part of that that era but where, where did yeah. it start for you uh, where were you born where were you raised i was born in the valley and i was raised in the valley and um so i think that's always been in my consciousness and always been part of my writing you know and at the time i grew up it was um i was aware of talking like that, like a valley girl, like we did that in high school, yeah. but it wasn't called anything. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it wasn't named yet. Worked, there was no title it for it. It wasn't named yet. Um, and my father worked at NBC, which was kind of great because every so often I'd get some perks from that. You know, like I got Julie Andrews autograph and I got to be a page at NBC and things like that. What did he do for NBC? He, it was called traffic control, which I never 100% understood. He like worked with NBC and the phone company setting up, because TV used to use um, phone lines like for things like the elections, and I never completely understood it. Yeah, but still cool. Right? It, it's still in NBC. It still was cool. Yeah, right. Because I could go, because you know, could go to TV shows and stuff. So that was pretty fun, and probably pretty influential. You know, because you're just, it was magical to go down there. Um, so I grew up, and I didn't think I was going to be an actress, even though I was always performing. You know, I just didn't think, probably because my parents told me not to be an actress, because mm. they thought, you know, they both grew up in the Valley, and they saw people, like, become actors, and then, you know, they, they always thought that you're just going to end up on drugs if you're an actor. Yeah. Right? 
that's what they say that. You can't be an actor because you'll end up on drugs. So I didn't think I could do it until I just didn't want to do anything else. So they finally went, okay, I guess that's what you're doing. And, and when and was that? How old were you roughly when they, they kind of gave in and they just They caved. caved in when I was about 19 or 20. They were like, okay. You know, because I was doing all through high school and, you know, junior high. Like, I loved it. I was always doing shows and writing stuff, you know. So they just, I think you, you can't really, you realize you can't really stop somebody if that's their thing, right? Yeah. Well, you know what stands out to me is you said, you know, I got Julie Andrews autograph. And again, when you when you meet somebody and you're young and you're impressionable and uh, you're young, you're pretty, you have talent, and you know, you know, there's something in you that's that's a little different. And all of a sudden you meet Julie Andrews. And I mean, you know, you're talking about Mary Poppins and, and Sound of Music and you realize, you know what? She looks like, uh, you know, my mom or my mom's friend or, you know, like she's flesh and blood and she's not this uh, this icon on on uh, stage somewhere or on screen that's untouchable. If she can do this I, I mean I'm a miniature version of that and again not that those things go through your head but I think psychologically no I think it does influence you go like you see that there's like I, I could do that or even just growing up and going to NBC every so often you're watching these shows and you go you can visualize yourself doing it you yeah. know so it was it was great and then I I got, went to ACT which is the American Conservatory Theater in San Francisco you know it's an acting school and theater and um, that was so fun because that was all theater and that's when I started writing comedy and doing comedy and then performing in comedy clubs well what made not to cut you off, but what made you start thinking about writing and were you a, were you a good writer you, or what? you know what made me start thinking about writing was when I was first acting I was like I can't find the material I want to do like you know you, they tell you to go do scenes and I would search for scenes that I thought were funny or interesting and I always was frustrated you know because when you look for comedy scenes where you're an actor I mean I know it's different now but then I, I couldn't find that many things that I thought were really really funny so I started writing stuff that was just funny to me like characters and um, then started performing them so I I was so sold on it. As soon as I was performing it and it worked and you got laughs, I was just hooked on it. Yeah. Well, that's that's cool. I mean, you're, that's being proactive, I guess. You know, I mean, you could sit back and cry and say, I can't find any scenes. This isn't for me or whatever. But I, to sit down and, and write. I mean, did you have a methodology originally? Were you... Just, were you... Uh, no. <laughs> no methodology. <laughs> I just... When you just think of a character... And I also, like, I started writing with my writing partner and we would just we're both in acting school and we would think of things that were funny we'd try to write things we'd go what's funny what, what's a big character because we were pretty much doing character based comedy you know um, and sketches and we just tried we were both kind of obsessed with it and that's a strange thing because now I know so many people in comedy and comedy people get kind of obsessed with it you know, or at some point in their life, they are. I, yeah. I don't know why. It's not the same as just being an actor, you know? Just wanting to find, to do comedy characters or find funny material is really different than just being an actor. 
You yeah, know what I mean? No, I get it for sure. Julie Brown is the voice you're hearing. Frank McKay here. More importantly, Julie Brown, actress, comedian, writer, producer, director. Uh, you know her work from Earth Girls or Easy and MTV. You know, I don't know how many years, but you were, you know, you were the focus. You were the <laughs> why people. Oh, were, thank you. Yeah, they were they were focused on you, and I don't know why they. And there was a downtown Julie Brown. Too. I don't know why they did that. Was that just coincidental? Or you was know, that-, that was complete coincidence. What happened was she was already had a show called um, uh, why am I blanking on it it was a dance show yeah I remember right um, kind- yeah she had a dance show and then I came on to promote my album and uh, I, I had an album that was on Sire Records and they they, you know, they, it, they got me a deal to kind of guest host for a week just to promote my album but I thought about it and I went if I'm going to go on there I'm going to make fun of the videos and all the performers because I can't just go, hey, here's Stevie Nicks' new album. It's great. Like, it's so lame. <laughs> it was so lame for me to do that, right? Yeah. So I thought, I'm going to make fun of this. And I really thought they're either going to like it or they're going to kick me off the air. But I'm going to have a good time. And they liked it because they, they, you know, they got a big reaction because nobody had made fun of the stuff yet. Yeah, see, that's cool. That Yeah, you went in with a whole different approach. And I, I want to get back to that in a second, but you mentioned Sire Records. Uh, did you did you know Seymour Stein, or did you uh, did you meet him, or did you know anything about I him? I met him because this would happen. They had to acquire my record. Earth Girls Are Easy was a song on my record, so to do the movie, they had to buy my record, Warner Brothers. Wow, but part cool. of the deal was that they gave me another record deal. So I got introduced to Seymour Stein, and he is such a crazy character. Oh my God! Yeah, he's he's outrageous. He's just so outrageous. Um, and so I I got a deal through them, and uh, that's how that happened. It was just part of the whole selling Earth Girls. Uh, was there any cross promotion there? Is that it, it, did you run into Madonna, you know, through Sire or? Uh, well, you know what I kept running into, which is like, did you ever see the Madonna satire I did? Yeah, of course. Oh, that was yeah. legendary. It was yeah. A well, I kept running. Part of that evolved because I kept running into people that had worked with Madonna because of Sire. Like the the PR girl was the world girl who worked with Madonna. I had makeup people that worked with Madonna, and they tell me these stories about Madonna. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I worked with a songwriter, the guy who wrote Like a Virgin. So, And I kept hearing stories about her. And she was just becoming the most hilarious character in my head. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and so when her, when her uh, documentary was going to come out, Truth I or Dare? Was that, she, was that Truth or Dare? Is that one that was? Yeah, Dare to be Truthful. Hers was, yeah, hers was Truth or Dare. Mine was called Dare to be Truthful. Right. <laughs> um, I had a deal at the same time, I think because of the MTV show, to do a special on Showtime. And I said, what if I do a satire of Madonna? And they went, great, do it. Um, and then we wrote, Charlie and I wrote that, that special. But it was because I had like this, I felt like an inside view of Madonna at what she was like, and she's such a hilarious character to me. Because I, she's wonderful, but she's such a crazy narcissist. You know what I mean? Yeah, did she get she, it? Did she get it right away? 
she got it. Yeah, she well, she got it. But then this is what I heard. Like she called my her man her her agent called my manager and said, Madonna really likes it. So great job. Then I kept hearing from people that we both knew that she really hated the scene I did where I took the cameras to the dog cemetery. Oh yeah, because, right, right. Yeah, in her. In her video, she took the cameras to her mother's grave. Right? All right, so that was so, making fun of, you know, like a very yeah, sensitive she thing, right? didn't like that, and she didn't like... I, I made it up that the dancers were suing her, but that really did happen afterwards, and so she was really mad that we had that in there, too. <laughs> so isn't that funny? I mean, yeah. it's just like... Wow. Yeah, so it was super fun. Yeah, well, no, that's... Uh, yeah, I... You, you never you never realize what somebody could be, uh, you know, what their reaction to. So I, I get the thing about her mother. I could see where she's upset about that. Yeah, I do too. But but I also just once we thought of digging up the dog, I couldn't not do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you had I can't say we're on terrestrial radio. I can't say the term, but guts. I guess is the uh, is is the terminology that you, you use. But uh, I I mean you, you always had it, and you uh, you know it's just amazing, and your career. We are, um, you know, it, it, it kind of, uh, you're, you're leaving a, a trail of that. And I don't know if you get credit for it uh, from your, your peers or whatever, but certainly from looking at it. And I've been trying to get you on the show for a long time because I'm, I'm a fan of what you do. But you have a lot of uh, chutzpah or whatever you want to call it. Julie Brown is our very, very special guest, Frank McKay here. Actress, comedian, writer, producer, director. <laughs> Uh, Julie Brown is our very special guest, but you you have you know that balls. I don't know if I could say it. he's going to be mad Thank at me. Thank you. No, I love I love yeah. that. Thank you. And that I mean to take on uh, Madonna at a at a point there where she could probably you know like I, I don't know even know if it crossed your mind like she could crush me like a bug if she wants to. No, you wants- do think that. You do think that because she did you. Because she is so powerful, right? I mean, her lawyers or whatever. But but the weird thing is, as soon as you, when you think of a funny idea and it really is funny to you, there's something in the energy of that that you just want to do it. You just so much want to do it that you don't, I think that gets you through the intimidation of it, you know? Yeah. Or the fear, fear of doing it. You just go, I have to do this. This is, it's so good to do it, you know? Let me ask you about this, and and Julie Andrews aside, or anybody that you ran into on NBC Lot aside, but as you're trying to make a living out of this, and you're you're really officially trying to make it, uh, who was the first person or people that you met that were actually making a living out of doing entertainment, whether it was you know singing, songwriting, uh, you know uh, filmmaking? And- well, I, because I started, it's not anybody famous. I started in San Francisco. There was, there's like a whole circuit of cabaret performers that, you know, were ma- that travel around and make a living, like the way a lot of comedians that aren't super famous do. Yeah, sure. So you really see that you can make a living in show business. It's a possibility. But I really, I think probably because I grew up in the Valley and my dad worked at NBC, even though I saw that, I really wanted to do film and television. So I had to come to L.A. and not just try to do, like, a cabaret circuit. And I think, like, I my, my writing partner and I, one of the first people was um, Robin Williams because he performed in San Francisco a lot. And my writing partner and I, they had us, we opened for him one time. And that was crazy because his audience at that moment was so frantic and insane. And it was really hard to open for him. Yeah, were they and booing so you? I, was it? Were they were, uh, 
razzing you a little bit? What was the uh, what was the mood of the crowd? The the mood was like like hysterical, and that was at the time when you know people drugs people just did drugs a lot more. <laughs> well, well, not that people don't do drugs now, but then I think like coke, everyone's doing coke, and you know people were it, it was just insane. The crowd was so crazy, and Robin really did you ever see him especially the beginning of his career yeah well i mean just you know not in person but you know uh shows and different uh he was what you mean how jumpy he was or how fidgety he was he was really jumpy but he was so fast and so brilliant and he really fed off the crowd going crazy and loving what he was doing so it was a really insane crowd like they were so hyper they were mirroring him or vice versa yeah, and so it was hard. It was really hard to open for them because they were for him because they were just so waiting for Robin. And then when Robin came out, it was unbelievable. I mean, he was he was really unbelievable because you know, I mean, he he was around for a long time, so he kind of got used to what he did. But in the beginning, it was so novel for someone to be that fast and that outrageous. Yeah, he and yeah, yeah and the but, audience was just loved him. You know what? We're coming up on a break in about 30 seconds uh, with Julie Brown. Do we have you for another quick segment after this? Yeah. All right. Julie Brown, wonderful actress, comedian, writer, producer, singer, songwriter, a little bit of an artist, uh, right? Kind of an artist, but she <laughs> does, does a little bit of everything. Frank McKay here with Julie Brown. Thrilled to have her. And and look, we got we got a few seconds left here. Uh, do you have a website or a social media site oh, where people yeah. can kind of follow? Julie juliebrown.com and I have like some of my stuff like uh, The Edge on well The Edge isn't on anymore because they, they made me take it off um, Strip Mall's on it and the MTV show and my records so I have stuff on that uh, you know, that's that people could buy. Oh, good. All right. Well, let's see. Yeah. Hopefully they yeah. buy it and they don't illegally download the damn stuff and uh, whatever. But the edge, they made you take it down. Who made the producers made you take it down? You know, the, you know, it's really funny. I had it up there because this is what happened. I wanted to release it because it's been around for over 20 years. They never released it. So I thought, okay. I, and I tried to contact them and get somebody to, like, give me permission. And nobody would ever call me back. So I finally thought... I'm just going to release it, and eventually somebody will sue you. Right. Talk to me about it, <laughs> yeah, right? That's and great. that's exactly what happened. That's finally a year later. Somebody goes, "Hey, you don't have rights to do this," and they said, "Just take it down for a while. Then we can make a deal, and then you can release it." That's you know? great. Yeah, well, that's the way to do yeah, it. That was the only way I could get them to pay attention. Hey, here's a quick break, and we'll be back with Julie Brown, actress, comedian, writer, producer, director, everything else. Frank McKay. We'll be back right after this with Julie Brown. Uh, look, we'll jump right back into it. If you want to steer me somewhere, feel free. I'm just kind of flowing. Okay. <laughs> no, no. I mean, that's great. Yeah, you're terrific. I'm thrilled to have you. All kidding aside, I'm really... Thank you so really much. Fan. Okay, you ready? Yeah. I'd like to welcome everyone back to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. Much more importantly, Julie Brown, actress, comedian, writer, and everything else. Julie Brown. Hey, Julie, welcome back. Thank you. It's fun. Yeah. Well, we were we were talking a little bit before the break about uh, you know about you catching their attention. You had the edge up there, and you couldn't get in touch with anybody, and you could just kind of uh, uh, put it up yourself. And then they finally came to you. I guess that's the equivalent to it's uh, it's easier to ask for forgiveness than ask for permission. Yes, totally. That's exactly. I mean, I think that's just so true because 
I mean, if you can't get people to pay attention, you just got to do it, right? Yeah, well, yeah, no doubt about it. And it's interesting... It's interesting when you talk about the cabaret uh, performers and that the fact that they're traveling around and you kind of referenced uh, comedians doing the same thing. You, you may not know, or the general audience may not know certain comedians, but there's people making a good living out there just yeah. you know banging it out from town to town and, and from comedy club to comedy club. But to me, just in speaking to you, and we haven't met, right, and just speaking to you now and just from what I know of you, you sound like you've planned out a, a lot of your career. And, and that, you, you know, that's, in other words, not that you planned it out exactly, but that you, you put a lot of thought into your career, uh, not just your work and everything else, but the, the, the business end. Is that true? I, it's sort of true, even though I, I sort of have this feeling, too, that you're kind of just trying to figure out the next thing. But when I did get out of acting school, I really you really kind of had to pick if you were going to stay in theater or or go do film and television. Like that was the cross the line you had to figure out. And a lot of people went to New York, and I just went, no, I'm going to go do film and television because that's what I really wanted to do. And then I decided because I like the whole thing about writing, I started writing, and I kept. I was always just writing because I needed material. Then it finally occurred to me years later that writing is actually a very cool thing to do in and of itself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't I yeah. didn't get that before and especially once I had a kid, I realized writing was fantastic because you could be a mom and write. This is amazing. I mean, I worked on Clueless the the TV, I was in the movie, but I was also worked on the TV show. Yeah. And I was a writer on it, and I played a gym teacher too, but the writing part of it was like the best job for a mom because I didn't have to be there all the time. So it, it's it's evolved my thinking about my career. And you're, I mean, you're right, in some ways I have. Like, I tried to become a director, get into the DGA, because I thought as you, you, know, as you get older, there's not as many parts, so you have to figure out what are you gonna do as you get older. And, yeah. um, and then I wrote more, and I directed, and you do have to kind of plan it, I think. Oh, we, Even we, though it's hard to plan, it's hard to plan. You know, we spoke about Madonna. I mean, you talk about somebody, and, and I don't know Madonna. I met her one time for two minutes, uh, but uh, Madonna seems like somebody who, who plans, or she brainstorms with her, herself or with somebody else, but she puts yeah. a lot of time and thought into her career, and I, you know, I mean that in a very complimentary way. I mean, it's, you know, it's a, it's a sign of intelligence, too, you know, is that you're, you're not just letting things flow, and I imagine that there are those out there that could just throw on a pair of roller skates and kind of, you know, cruise through life and and, and not hit any potholes, but I, I don't think yeah. you you don't seem to be that either. You know, you've you've grinded out a, a career and thought out a career, and uh, you know. Yeah, I did because like I I've started doing improv a lot of improv in the last couple of years, and I have a lot of friends who've been doing improv for years and years and years. And I purposely, when I first came to LA, did some improv, but then I stopped because I went, how do you make money or have a career with this? I didn't know how to do that. So I stopped, and I'm kind of glad I did, even though I, I you know, I, I wish I'd been doing improv all, all along in some ways, because it's so fun. But it is, you can't, it's hard to make money with improv. When you, you know? met, when you mentioned you and Charlie were, were uh, writing sketch comedy and, and uh, improving and you were, you know, doing, well, no, basically the sketch pro comedy part, 
like how, how does um I, I'm sure uh, the the words uh, Saturday Night Live come into your mind, and do you start oh, thinking yeah, like well, that? Well, yeah, it was super influential, and there was a point when I actually was one of the finalists for uh, for the for the show, and they flew me out there, and I went to the whole audition and everything, and it, I didn't get it, but I was I really had mixed feelings about it anyway because this is before Tina Fey was there, and it was all guys and they were very very hostile so who were they what what guys were what years were they Michael O'Donohue and there was just all these guy writers and they were very like they're staring at you like make me laugh like the kind of guys there's guys like this who look at you like girls aren't funny you know what I mean right right. and the the whole room was like that and I and I was and, and I was good friends with Kevin Nealon and Dana Carvey and they both told me, they said, don't be on the show. The show isn't great for women. You already have your own thing on MTV. Don't be on the show, you know? So when I didn't get it the one year, then the next year they wanted me to come back. And I, I said no, even though, I mean, now sometimes I go, well, that was a mistake. But I said no at the time because I did have a lot of other things going on. And my friends were telling me how hard it was for women on that show. Um, I think Tina Fey changed a lot of the atmosphere and the, the acceptance of women are actually funny when she got there. Yeah, I, I but, mean, when you said that, I was trying to think of somebody beyond Tina Fey who really broke out, and and then there was talented women on there, but they just didn't, uh, you know, they didn't emerge. I mean, even uh, you know, someone like Jane Curtin in the, you know, who was in the first cast, uh, you know, she she succeeded by doing other. Uh, you know, like right. sitcoms and different things. Like, and she made a great career. But Gilda Radner, uh, you know, didn't didn't have a great career after that. And Lorraine Newman uh, grinded out a career. You know, she but she grinded out a career, but she didn't go launching into anything. Yeah, you're it, right. It, it's, it's so the thing is, and then the fact that I had two friends who were there telling me that it was pretty. You know, it was like, well, then why? And plus, if you have a lot of other things to do, like I had. I think I had Earth Girls at that point, the deal for that. I was writing that. I had the MTV show. So you sit there and go, why am I going to leave all this stuff to go into an environment where they're telling me it's not fun, it's too hard, you know? So I said no, even though I love Saturday Night Live. I totally love it. And when I watch it, all the time when I watch it, I go, God, that would be really fun to be on. Yeah, especially lately. Lately, it's been hilarious, right? Yeah, re- just recently, it took it took a uh, it took a little hiatus from being hilarious, and then all of a sudden, yeah. with Trump, and, uh, you know, yeah. it's it's become uh, very very good again. And uh, yeah, interesting. exactly. Uh, let me remind folks once again: Julie Brown is our very special guest, actress, comedian. Julie Brown, Frank McKay here, and. The the, uh, the other thing that uh, that hit me too, and and you know, the kind of ties into me, uh, you know, thinking about you as a, a like a thinking woman and and figuring out your career as it goes on. Were you looking at MTV as uh, as a way to network or to uh, to you know? No, to pick up- you know what's funny? See, see, I wasn't thinking that through. MTV at the time I did it, I only did it because I had finished Earth Girls and I thought, okay, this is going to be a great way to promote Earth Girls and my album. I, I had like no other intentions with MTV. So, but the weird thing is then my show got really popular and my show did better than my album or the movie as far as like visibility or being popular. And I didn't think of it at first 
So some things you don't completely think through. They just sort of happen, you know. And the MTV show was really fun, but I, I just thought of it as a promotional thing when I first got on there. Well, listen, not to be specific, I'm not asking you specifically, and, I, and I'm not being nosy here, but is MTV a lucrative uh, situation for you, is it, uh, or is it something that's no. more exposure? MTV was totally not lucrative. <laughs> it was it was for anybody. Yeah. It's totally about exposure. I mean, they're very they're actually at the time. I don't know what they're like now, of course, but they were frustrating money wise. You really you're just like trying to get them to pay for anything. It's very hard. You, you know, I mentioned uh, you know recent. Uh, you know, recent work you did and uh, Big Time Rush, I think, was the show. And then there was some other things. And and I, I'm sure I saw you on other uh, uh, Nick um, pieces. I think I did anyway. I, are any of the same people that were involved with MTV way back? Well, way back when, you know, back then when you were there. Are any of them still uh, in existence but in a different form in, uh, at Nick? Not really. I mean, you know, I've run into downtown Julie Brown a few times. I, you know what? I saw her. We were both on the Ru- RuPaul's Drag Race together, which is funny. Yeah. But, um, no, I don't run into anybody because I think none of them were writers. So um, there's so there's less of a chance. Like, you know, like I did a Nickelodeon show called um, 100 Things to Do Before High School that I was doing last year, and I played the art teacher. So I've gotten to do a lot of things like that where I was writing and I got to act on it, too. And they and they weren't even actors on MTV. They were really host personalities. So I think it's harder to keep that going, right? Because you have less places to do stuff. So um, I just kept doing different things, and that's helped me a lot. I think. I was asking, you know, before about thinking things out. Are, are you a uh, bucket? And, and before you answer, let me uh, let me remind folks again. You're hearing the voice of Julie Brown, actress, comedian, writer, producer, director, and a little bit of everything. Earth Girls are easy, and MTV, and and so much more. Clueless, uh, wonderful work. Frank McKay here with Julie. I, are you a bucket list person? And and I I can't stand the term bucket list, but for lack of a better term, and. Uh, um. A little bit. I think a little bit, but not... Goal setter? Are you... Uh, yeah, I mean, the, yeah, in some ways, even though I I don't think, take that as seriously as I used to, because, you know, you also have to go, well, a lot of the stuff I've already done has been really great, so I don't have to just go, I have to do that one last thing, even though I just took my son, we went to Ireland and Scotland, and I would say those were bucket list things that I just did. That yeah. was amazing. And I and I'm working on Earth Girls Are Easy as a musical right now, so having a musical that was successful is kind of a bucket list thing that I'm trying to make happen right now. Hmm. Yeah, so, well, that that uh, cries of New York too. I mean, I I, I, would, <laughs> I, I would I would think right. You you, you want to. Uh, well, I, I, I shouldn't make the assumptions. I'm a layperson just watching it from the outside. But uh, when I think musical, I think Broadway or off-Broadway or as close well, to... Well, that's my long-range goal, so I guess that's my bucket list. But it's not like my bucket list is full of stuff. There's a couple things now. How old is your son? He's just... He's 22. He just graduated from Cal Berkeley. Um, he's awesome. And what, what's his uh, what's his interest? What was his major, if you don't mind me asking? He was a poli-sci major who wants to go into sustainability and, um, uh, like, 
anything to do with the government and green, you know. Good for him. Wow. I know. He's so not into anything I'm into, which is really funny. <laughs> he's like, doesn't give a crap about <laughs> show business. Well, how early on? I mean, 22 years ago. I mean, you, you, a lot's going on 22 years ago. Uh, how early on did he realize, hey, my mom's truly brown and uh, and she does you know a lot of things funny? well? He never, he, he, he did, but he never, it never meant that much because I, cause I'm his mom. You know what I mean? And I also didn't try to expose him to all the stuff I do because I just didn't want it ever to be about me or that of my career. I did take him. You know the movie Camp Rock? Yeah, sure. Well, I wrote that, and I'm I'm the camp counselor in it. Yeah. And I took him because I thought, okay, finally I'm in something you can see. It was a Disney movie. I took him with me to Toronto while we were shooting it, and he was 14. And the funny thing is, he was already too old to really be that excited about a Disney movie starring the Jonas Brothers, you know? Yeah. I mean, he, he enjoyed it, but it wasn't like he was, he wasn't blown away or anything. just thought it was fun. So he just never, you know, I I kind of just didn't bring my professional life that much into our relationship. Is there any? You know? Yeah, no, no, I yeah, I, I get it uh, for sure. And, and I, I ask this question. I always got to be careful how I ask it. I, I mean it in the most appropriate way. When, but whenever there's uh, you know attractive actresses or or, or you know uh, personalities, and they have sons or daughters and uh, and they worn clothes that uh, that are attractive and maybe guys uh, you know reacted uh, was there any any trepidation uh, of him growing up and especially growing up with the internet that one day oh he's going to see me in this or he's going to see me in that or his friends are going to bust his chops about this or uh, yes 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 and that did happen when he was in high school um like some of his friends have some of my stuff like like Madonna, the Medusa thing, which yeah. is being really sexual, and he. The thing is, he doesn't really want to look at it. He says, "My friend saw it," and uh, you know, I don't have that much bad. I don't really have that. No, much no, I'm, definitely. Not. I'm not even but, suggesting that, but I mean, yeah, it's, but a couple things. But he like he just kind of doesn't look at it, you know. And I'm so fine with that. I'm so okay with that. But a couple of his friends are like, well, his friends got excited about it. That was that was different." <laughs> That was a funny thing because he's like, and his friends still sometimes get excited. Your mom's an actress and stuff. He's like, yeah, he just doesn't. Um, it doesn't make that mean that much to him. You know yeah, what I mean? So he doesn't get overly sensitive about it. He's not. He's not uh, no. fighting. He's not coming home, you know, with black eyes saying, "Mom, you know, no, I defended nothing, your honor." Nothing like that. No, because a lot of it's just because I really downplay it because I just, you know, it just seems like celebrities' kids. Why do they have to deal with it? You know, why? Yeah. So I downplay all of it. Julie Brown, once again, comedian, writer, producer, director, actress. Earth Girls are easy and so much. I keep saying that, but I mean, it's, it's just a, a, a list of things. Frank McKay here. <laughs> when, when you when you have to give a verbal resume to somebody, and I don't know whether you do. I mean, people say, oh, Julie Brown. I know Julie Brown. You know, that type of thing. But what, what do you lead with? Do you lead with Earth Girls? I mean, uh, MTV? Um, I do. You know, because what's funny is I, I can't remember everything at this point. Like, but you better remember the, the things people know. I just talk about the things people know. Earth Girls. MTV, Clueless, everyone seems to know Clueless, and Camp Rock. Those are the things that people kind of know. Yeah. Uh, You know, and I've done this character on the middle in the last couple of years. So those things are the things people know. I, you know, I don't really, just the things people know about. 
you know, I think, uh, you know, lay people and people that are uh, certainly that that are outside of L.A. And I, I'm I'm in L.A. I don't know, six or seven times a year. But, I, you know, I'm certainly not part of uh, what you'd call an L.A. scene. And, and I think it's, you know, I have a better handle on it, you know, uh, because I've been in entertainment for a while and I have a little bit of a feel for it. But I think people listening right now and, and people that, you know, that that just know you. Uh, they're they're probably under the assumption that you and you know and others uh, others like you kind of all gather in the same place together you know and it's all like you know this is where they go this is where you know celebrities yeah. go and uh, w- without getting too personal again I mean who who are your friends I mean do you do you want to say my that I mean friends, yeah. my friends right now in the once my son went to college like I was saying I went back and started doing improv and I'm like really good friends with lots of people in the ground lanes. So oh, right. I actually yeah, great am there great. a lot, like Mindy Sterling and um, Edie Patterson. I, they're, they're, I mean, it's like really, really funny people. I mean, I find them brilliant. You know, I, I'm in this, I'm in this improv class, another improv class where Lorraine Newman's in it, and some other people that you've been doing improv for years. So. I would say that is if there's any kind of gathering place, <laughs> would be that. But, um, and then, you know, then rallies hang out and do different things. But I don't, there's not one, I know people always think in LA there's going to be some central place, but it's not like that. No, no, I know. I, and I, I get yeah. that. I, when you said groundlings, I, 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 I thought to myself, you know, that makes sense. It's a small group, actually. A lot of small. It is a small group, and it's a small little area on Melrose. Well, and there's a well I said theaters. smart, actually. It's a smart group. You know what I mean? The, the comedy is kind of smart, you know? And Oh, right, yeah, yeah. right. You know, a lot of those. I, I mean, it, you, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, I'm just judging from, like, Phil Hartman. He seemed like, uh, the late Phil Hartman seemed like a very bright guy, right? He was there. And, right. And a lot of these others. Uh, what, Pee Wee Herming? Was, uh, um, Paul Rubens? Yes, he, he, was, was he came from there. Uh, um, Cassandra Peterson, who plays Elvira, who's a good friend of mine. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of people that co- that came out of that. And but a lot of those people are, are heady. I mean, they they have good heads on their shoulders, and they have smart- Yeah, oh, I think they're brilliant. Some of them yeah. are just so brilliant. You're like, you're, you're amazed at their skills in, like, writing and performing. It's just amazing. Yeah, and there's a lot there. So I get that. I, I get why you would be friendly yeah. with them. Look, we got about two minutes left with Julie Brown, a wonderful actress, comedian, writer, producer, director, and uh, and painter, maybe. Maybe she's going to start donating some paintings. To, uh, maybe. You yeah, made well, me think about that yeah, now. why not? What the hell, right? Right. Frank McKay here with uh, Julie Brown. We've got about a minute and a half. Uh, again, can you give us a, a website or a social media site? Where oh, people- yeah. It's, uh, well, yeah. Okay. On Twitter, it's at Miss Julie Brown. And I was, I was, yeah, I, I tweet a lot. And they see Facebook, it's just Julie Brown. And, oh, wait, but then I have, like, almost, you know how you can have too many friends, like yeah. almost 5,000? <laughs> right. Then there's the ju- official Julie Brown, Julie Brown fan page, official Julie Brown fan page. And then juliebrown.com is where, like, the I have, you know, the records and the tapes that I've somehow wrangled out of these corporations so they I can get them out there. I, you know, I forgot uh, Miss Julie Brown. I, I, we haven't mentioned that at all, right? But uh, that's you were known as Miss Julie Brown. Uh, it, yeah. w- where did that come from? What is that? I I'm I don't even know. It might have been MTV because, like, when I was first on there, I kept coming up with because of downtown Julie Brown. People kept saying, "Well, we have to find another, you know, say something else." So I came up with like West Coast Julie Brown. Right. 
and I might have been Miss Julie Brown, but then eventually I was, I just wanted to be Julie Brown because she's not really, and she doesn't act. So I thought, why do I need an extra name? Anywhere else, All right? You're the Julie so, Brown, right? You're the you're, yes, you're the actress, exactly. and she did. Exactly. If, if she wrote Earth Girls, then she could, you know, she wouldn't need a nickname either. So, exactly. Uh, so that's why I wanted to be the Julie Brown. Hey, listen, thanks a million for being here. You're a very, very talented lady, and it's it's oh, always thank nice. Thank you so much. You're so sweet. And it's always nice to talk to someone who does one thing very well. You do a lot of things very well, and uh, again, thanks for being here. Okay, thanks, Frank. Julie Brown, everyone, has been our very special guest. Frank McKay here, but more importantly, the actress, comedian, writer, producer, director, Julie Brown has been our very special guest. We'll see you next time on Breaking It Down. This is Frank McKay. This is Breaking It Down with your host, Frank McKay, on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays.